Hello, welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. It's great to have your company as we discuss the Camino de Santiago or the way of St. James. Just before we get to this week's interview, I'll be in the United States in the second week in March 2020 to attend the American Pilgrims on the Camino gathering in Lake Tahoe. At the conference, I'll be speaking about our place in the global Camino family, and I'll also be performing a concert on the Saturday night. Now, I'm not sure if there are still spots available for the gathering, but you could Google it. But I'll also be doing some shows in the United States along the way. San Diego, San Jose, Seattle, Chicago. If you're interested in attending any of those shows, just shoot me an email. Music at gmail.com. I'll send you the details. Music at gmail.com. I'm really excited about visiting the US to sing and talk about one of my life's great loves, the Camino. I received so many emails and messages via social media about the Camino and the impact it's had on people's lives. So if you're new to the podcast, we talk each week about the Camino de Santiago or the Way of St. James, a series of pilgrimages across Europe. Pilgrims walk and choose to live very simply for the duration of their Camino. You take only a small pack on your back, maybe one change of clothes, a few toiletries, maybe a small mini-pack, but the idea is to find space and time and to reflect, to meet other pilgrims, to share their stories and their vision, their lives, even if only for a short time. The walk can be a wonderful source of inspiration. For me, it was songs, stories, and an opportunity to reaffirm my love of music. And I was delighted to sing for people on the Camino. And on my return, I found a new energy for what I now realize is my life purpose. I read a quote this week, and I thought I'd share it with you. It's attributed to Craig Crippen. I couldn't find much about him, to be honest. But I like where he's coming from. You are being presented with a choice, evolve or remain. If you choose to remain unchanged, you'll be presented with the same challenges, the same routine, the same storms, the same situations, until you learn from them, until you love yourself enough to say no more, until you choose change. If you choose to evolve, you'll connect with the strength within you. You'll explore what lies outside the comfort zone. You will awaken to love. You will become. You will be. You have everything you need. Choose to evolve. Choose love. One of my correspondents wrote to me a while back to say he'd walked the Camino with an old friend. He expected it to be a nice walk, a chance to catch up, to enjoy the slow tourism of the Camino. But what he found was much, much more. His name is Leo Jan, and he's on the line from Melbourne. Welcome, Pilgrim. Uh, well, hey, hi, hi, Dan. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. Listen, I don't know a lot about you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, well, um, I'm. Um, I was born and raised in Venezuela, South America, and uh, due to the uh, harsh political uh, situation back uh, back in 2006, I decided to migrate, and I landed here in Australia and in Melbourne, most more specifically. And since then, I've been living here. Um, I have a wife, um, two kids, uh, which, I mean, uh, they were all born in Venezuela as well. 
So, but they all they all um, uh, did very well in adapting to this uh, society and this culture. Uh, we've been happy ever since. So we've lived, been living here since 2007. I'm a civil engineer by trade. I work in the construction industry, and um, I'm also a writer. And um, so, uh, so yeah, a bit of an, an atypical story. Just coming from a Venezuelan, now Australian. Yeah, and you said to me in one of your emails, I'm a civil engineer who works as a project manager for a Melbourne-based construction company, but when I'm not yelling at subcontractors or fighting with architects, I like to write fiction. Is, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly right. So yeah. is writing a form of escape for you? Uh, absolutely, uh, because uh, the world I live in, uh, it's uh, the most uh, materialistic and capitalist world that you can find. I mean, it's all about money, about production, and and then it's a lot of uh, tension with subcontractors, with clients about money, um, justifying uh, um, your your projects in front of your your directors. But then when I start writing, it's like a whole new world. And um, I have a writing group. Uh, we meet every other Saturday near where I live in Sandringham. It's, it's called like a, an advanced skill, uh, advanced writing workshop. And we read each other's stories and we share and we workshop each other's stories and we make recommendations. And we've been going, I've been doing that since 2013. And it's really enjoyable. And it's like a, a, a world that's totally separate to what I do on a day-to-day basis. So do you write often? I mean, you're obviously working every day or a working week in your role yes. as a construction and civil engineer, do you yeah. then do you then go home every night or every couple of nights? Or do you write often? Yeah, let's say I write two or three nights a week, um, mm. depending on the um, um, because in this workshop we have like deadlines. So um, I um, I'm pressed to write. Well, I, I put pressure on myself. I could very well do the workshop on the Saturday and not present anything, but I usually do. So uh, this this Saturday, for example, I need to present something. So I need to start writing tonight. And have something ready by Saturday. So, yeah. so yeah, I write as, as frequently as I can. Yes. Where did the skill come from? Um, I don't have a clue. I, I was uh, I, I started reading when I was very young, and I read a lot uh, in my teens. And uh, then at some point, I decided to. Well, I think I can do this. And I started writing. Uh, the first the first real story was like twenty years ago. Uh, we made a trip to New York, a group of friends from, from high school uh, with their wives. So we, it's about, I think we were seven of us. We made a trip and I decided to write a story about the seven people in that, in that group. And I present, and I did, I wrote a short story and I gave it to them uh, where we were, we were about to board the plane. Uh, and, um, and they absolutely loved it. Everyone was surprised to, to read that and to see that we're part of a story. And uh, I changed everyone's names but they were really delighted. I thought, well, I think it's working. And they continue to write since then. Um, I wrote firstly in Spanish. I have a few things published in Spanish online. And uh, I even wrote a novel in Spanish uh, back in Venezuela. And then in 2013, a few years after I arrived in Melbourne, I started writing in English. And then I write exclusive, ex- exclusively in English from then onwards. Where do the stories come from? Uh, usually, like my teacher says, you, you, you write about what you know. So they come yeah. from life experiences. So some of my 
I wrote a novel in English, which I finished a couple of years ago, and uh, it's not published because I still need to polish it, and I don't have the time to do that. So it's a character that's very similar to myself, and there's all these uh, life experiences growing up, like a coming-of-age story. And um, so I, I, I include some of my experiences with, with girls, with friends, with uh, sports, uh, in university, all that, all that type of stuff. And it, then it becomes easy to, to... Then I started writing, and I discovered... I remember people I hadn't thought of uh, for years, and then they became part of the story as well. So uh, obviously the character is, has another name, not Leo, and uh, his particular uh, his uh, personal life is different than mine. I wanted to make it as different as possible to mine, just to so people don't, don't keep saying, ah, this you. Uh, but obviously his experiences are, are mm. pretty similar to things that I, I lived in the past there. You, you know, some writers start with the conclusion what's your methodology do you how do you write do you um yeah so i, I think i'm the opposite uh it, it, this story about the camino is called when camino i i arrived from the camino and i knew i was going to be able to write something but i didn't have anything in mind then i sat down and i i had an image of a dog of a of a of a, of a stray dog at the at the, at the um, uh at the gate of the hostel and uh, because I saw many dogs at the Camino, which I, I, I thought it was would be very cool to do the walk with a dog. So the dog obviously didn't exist in my in my in my in my, in my real journey. But then I had this image of a dog, and then I started writing about it. And then the, the whole thing starts to to write itself. That's what I usually say. I start with a simple image or a paragraph or a phrase that I like that came to mind, and then the whole thing evolves. I think the story pretty much writes itself from there. Yeah, and we're going to talk about your short story, Buen Camino, in a moment. But I just want you to cast your mind back. Tell us how you first learned about the Camino. Okay. Um, you know that Venezuela was a Spanish colony for sure. 200 years. Yeah. And then back in the early uh, 19th century, we managed our independence. But still the country is uh, filled with, with uh, people from Spanish descent. And then the Spaniards kept coming to kept coming to Venezuela, especially after the uh, during the civil war in Spain in the 30s and then in the 60s and a lot of people from Galicia there's a lot of people from Galicia my 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 sister is married to uh, the son of a, a a a Spanish immigrant from Galicia so there's very close ties with Spain and um and one of the things that struck me when I when I was in Galicia is that I walk into these small restaurants small eateries uh our tascas and then it felt like walking into a place in the Caracas that yeah. I grew in yeah. it was amazing how how much of the same smells the tastes and the people so we are the venezuelan ties with with spain are, are huge so we always knew about the camino my dad kept telling me about the camino and he told me say an 800 kilometer water said, well people have to be nuts to do that i never <laughs> thought and then i i would have i would have liked to do it i would have to do the whole thing but for 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 work and uh, and time i i couldn't do more than the, the last hundred 15 days, but yeah, I've, I've known about the Camino since I was in my, my 20s, I think. Cast your mind back then to yeah. pre your Camino. Do you yeah. remember what your expectations were? To be honest, my expectations were very mundane, were very simple. I just wanted to have a beer in a <laughs> beautiful part of Spain with my best friend and yeah. his wife, who's a close friend as well. And I knew the food was going to be great, and the and the and the um, landscape was going to be fantastic. That's all I was thinking. I was thinking I have my friend 
from Canada, Juan Carlos, who I grew up with. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we know we know each other since 1970, so we're celebrating 50 years of friendship this year. And uh, and we, we have made a pact because he lives in Canada. We made a pact to see each other every t- a couple of years. So this was an excuse to see <laughs> to see each other in the in the Camino. And uh, that's all I was that's all I was expecting. No more than that. So what did you discover? Well, I discovered many things, um, and I think I, I, uh, I even when, when I started riding, I mean, I enjoyed the Camino. And from from when we arrived to Santiago, spent a few days there, then we headed off to Portugal with my friends, and then another friend from high school joined us. So it, it was a really nice trip. But I didn't think too much about it. Only only the fact that I enjoyed it. But when I started riding, I realized I realized how much it had meant to me. I mean, yeah. I, I I discovered many things about relationships. And that's what my story is about. I yeah. discovered that well, the Camino is is a is a perfect example of life itself. It's like the Camino is like a, a reduced version of life itself. You have your ups and downs. You have your friends that appear and disappear. You have your constant friends and your constant relationships. And that's what I discovered. And I discovered that as the Camino is not defined by how harsh is a steep climb or a, or a steep descent. It's defined by the whole Camino itself. So. Uh, that's the same thing I, I realized about relationships. My, my, for example, my wife, I've been with her for many, many, many years. And we had our fights and we had our good times and bad times. But in the end, it's just the constant that it's, she's always there. We have the same goals. We have the same aspirations. And that's what we, 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 we've been together for so long. So, and same with my relationship with, with, with my friend, with Juan Carlos. I mean, we've had our ups and downs. We've been apart and we've been back together as, you know, we've been talking to each other uh, for, for a long time. And then sometimes we don't, but it's always there. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, the, our relationship is a long journey. It's a, it's not a sprint, not a race that you have to win. It's just a long journey and you have to take it, you know, not, not, not the relationship as well as the, I mean, it's not defined by the ups or the downs. Yeah. That's and something, that's something I realized. Yeah, that's right. And we're going to get to, talking about Juan Carlos and, and your relationship, indeed your relationship with your wife. But you said to me in an email, it was a journey of reflection and self-discovery. Yes. Did you ever have a feeling before you walked the Camino that there was something that needed to be discovered? Not at all. It just it just happened. I just wasn't, like I told you, I wasn't expecting the – I've heard about the self-discovery thing, but I, I'm, I'm a bit um, – uh, how do you call it? Um, what was the, what's the term? Sceptic, sceptic about you know. Oh yeah, sceptic. Uh, yeah, so yeah, sceptic. Yeah. So I, I said, well, I wasn't thinking any of that. I thought, well, my wife is my wife, my friend is my friend. We're always going to be together. Then, but I didn't think about all these things. And I, and I, to be honest, also in the Camino, I um, I was uh, <laughs> even the day before it started, I got a, a, a I had a, I have an old injury in one of my ankles mm. that was a squash injury from twenty years ago, and now. While I was walking and practicing for the Camino, it started to flare up again. But when we got there, the day before we started, it really hurt. So it hurt to a point that I had to sit down for 45 minutes before I kept walking. And it happened every day during the Camino. It happened to me at some point. And I, 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 I had to tell the guy, just, just continue on. I'll, I'll catch up with you later. Don't worry about me. And um, I realized at the end, I didn't care about that too much. It was it was it was uh, it was real painful. It was uh, a real, you know, some point I felt like very, you know, why does it have to happen? And then you realize it didn't matter. It didn't matter at all. We got to the we got to the end anyway. 
uh, um, every once in a while, even when I, when I stayed behind, they were waiting for me at the next stop with a cold beer and um, uh, a bunch of people having a nice chat and it all went away. So the, the injury was not important at all. And um, um, I realized how many, how, how, how many good things I have in my life and I really appreciate them now. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah, that's right. And do you remember the moment on the Camino when you thought, oh, okay, something very special is happening here? Um, the exact moment, um, I think it was, um, we reached a point, I was really slow because my, 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 my ankle was hurting, and then yeah. we reached a, 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 like, a, like a, the bottom of a hill, you could see the steep climb ahead of me. And I decided to walk fast because during the, the climbs, it didn't hurt. I just could do whatever the hell they want. So I, I really got ahead of everyone. <laughs> I walked and walked and walked and walked and then left everyone behind and kept walking. And then I, I at some point, I, I was walking really fast and got to the top and continued walking. And I met a couple of Irish women. I was struck a conversation and um, I felt this is special. Not only I can walk, I can leave everyone behind. And then... I'm not the most the most social person in the world. And I struck a conversation with two completely unknown women <laughs> and uh, who, 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 you know how it is in the community. You meet them from time to time in other stops the next day. And, and you know, and um, I, I realized this is, this, is, this, is, this is something really special. It doesn't matter that my ankle hurts. At some point, it's not going to hurt. At some yeah. point, I'm enjoying the, the ride. And at every stop, when it was really hot, we stopped at one of these uh, places in the middle of nowhere. And there was always a cold beer in hand, which I really enjoyed. And uh, I caught up with everyone else. They, they even sometimes, like, like I said, I was the one arriving later, and sometimes I was the one arriving first. And um, yeah, no, it was a, it was an absolute pleasure. Yeah, and and when when you arrived home, you wrote this short story that you talked about before called Buen Camino, loosely yeah. loosely based on the four of you who walked together. Yes, you and one yeah. Carlos and your wives. And your yes. relationships, and you talk about Marta, ever enthusiastic yes. and energetic, who you say yes. was the opposite of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Be, be, yes, yes. Because yes. now, let's face it, she was an enthusiastic and energetic. You weren't really like that, and you had the pain. Yes. And I think you wrote about a pain in your knee in the book, yes. uh, in the short story. Yes. But it was your ankle in real life. Yeah, but, yeah. But you write so beautifully. You say. I, I, we were playing the Russian roulette of hostels, so yes. we never knew when the gun go, would go off. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, it, was, it, so, was an, it was an adventure, yeah. Yeah, it was an adventure. And you uh, – let me ask you, did you enjoy the process of writing, but did you write each day on the Camino or, or were you just sort of taking it all in, letting it ferment no. until you went home? No, no, no. I didn't write anything during the Camino. I didn't write anything. I, I, I wasn't even thinking. I, I knew I was going to write something on my way back, but I didn't write at the Camino. And um, to be honest, I knew I had to write something, but I wasn't sure how or how to start or how to write or what to write about. And then I, I made it simple when I got back. And I yeah, I started gathering memories from what we've done and I started changing names and started changing, exaggerating the characters because, of course, I mean, the four of us are picture in that story yeah but there are exaggerated characters and exaggerated you know um uh, um uh problems in the relationships because I, I had to do that for you know for dramatic reasons yeah but uh, most of what happened is 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 there most yeah. of what happened is is there but i didn't think about that one 
when I was walking the Camino, I wasn't thinking about how am I going to ride it. I knew it was going to come at some point, as it usually happens. And yeah, it was. I mean, when I sat down to ride, as soon as I got back, a few days after I got back, I really, I think it's like 7,000 words there that I wrote in, in a matter of a week. Right. I mean, it all came, it all came back to me. Wow. It all came to me very quickly and very thick. Actually, my, 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 my tutor, my writing tutor, Claire said to me that um, that's, they had the makings of a novel, but no, I'm, I'm not going to write another novel for the time being. It's too much work, so I decided to make it to make it short and um, yeah, short as in seven thousand words, which is not really like a short story. It's a it's a bit of a weird type of uh, length for a story. You you write in the story that for your partners Marta and Linda, it was a religious journey. But for you and yes. Juan Carlos, a chance to eat and drink beer together and to catch up. Yeah. Tell us what your partners experienced on the Camino. Um, yeah, their wives, actually. I just made them partners so that they... <laughs> yeah, sure. So, to make it a bit different, same mm-hmm. as the pain in my knee and my ankle. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, uh, Maria Elena, who's Juan Carlos' wife, she's very religious. They actually did, they went to um, the, um, the Holy Land last year. And um, but she she's very religious and she knows she knew the story. It was it was a pleasure. Well, she's always a pleasure to be around. Uh, but she was always telling us the story of Saint James and how they were his his remains were found and the whole story about 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 the Camino. And uh, my wife is is also uh, very religious uh, more than than I am. And um, yeah, so they they my wife was also looking forward to you know getting to Santiago and embracing the saint and all of that. I was a bit more skeptic that, um, than the others. And, um, but I'm still a religious man. I mean, I am, if you ask me if I'm spiritual or religious, I'm more religious, I think. Sure. Um, I, I still, I still, you know, I'm, I'm a Catholic practicing Catholic. I may have my differences with the church sometimes. I don't believe everything the church preaches, but, uh, yeah, I'm basically, I'm a believer. I believe in God. I believe in, in Jesus Christ. And yeah, I go to church with my wife Every Sunday, so yeah, um, always my wife's a bit more involved than I am, but at the end, yes, I am as well. But like, like I said, I wasn't thinking of the religious part of it when I decided, when I decided we wanted to go, I wanted to go to the Camino. I just said to Juan Carlos, can we meet us in Galicia? And he said, yeah, that's fine, let's, let's go for it. And that was it. And, and, we, y- and yet your wives, they must have had a much different experience because they have that religious sensitivity. Yes, they do. They do, especially especially Marilena. Uh, she's, um, I mean, it was uh, it was a really well. It was a really when we got to Santiago. Yeah, it's inevitable. We all hugged each other and we cried, and because it's it's just the the emotion of just finishing the journey. Yeah. And uh, finishing in one piece and having enjoyed it, and it was really emotional. We got there. Um, but obviously, yeah, for, I, I would have thought, I haven't spoken directly with her about this, but she was, I mean, I, I presume that she, out of the four of us, she was the more, more emotional about the, uh, about the arrival and about uh, getting to Santiago and visiting the saint and all that. You know, sports fans around the world will identify with this story. You're, <laughs> you're walking along the Camino and a woman wearing a Collingwood scarf walk straight yeah. past you. Now, if yeah. you're an English Premier League fan, that's like somebody walking past in a Liverpool jumper or if you're an NFL fan, someone in a Patriot scarf. You yeah. don't yeah. you don't expect to see that slice of home on the Camino, do you? No, and I did see it. I mean, the Collingwood scarf was 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 true. 
Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I did see a Collingwood car. There was like a little, like a monument in the middle of the woods <laughs> with a with a virgin and a few, you know, people photographs, and there was a Collingwood scarf, and I couldn't believe that. I can't believe it was a Collingwood scarf in the middle of Galicia, around a, around a virgin, but there it was. So, um, <laughs> and um, I don't know. I mean, obviously Australians would understand that. I don't know if uh, yeah, people well, from from yeah, people from all over the world would think, well, this is a sports club, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the same if you're an English Premier League fan, you'd see a Liverpool scarf or a Patriot scarf or a or a Green Bay Packers. Scarf, if you're yeah, an NFL so fan. Yeah, so I also a New York Yankees. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, hat. I saw, I saw somewhere as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. You say in the story you weren't interested in collecting stamps in your yes. credential. You had as much interest in the reproductive cycle of iguanas. <laughs> um, Why? Yeah, I wasn't. Why? I don't know. I, I, I just didn't think it was that important. I mean, but they, like, as my wife was all over it when we got to some places where there were stamps, they was they just they just, they just ran and they took their passports and everyone's passport they got the stamps and they listen i i don't think i even saw the 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 the, the camino the passport until like we got we got to the end and we went to the um to get the compostela so i um i wasn't really looking for i, I was i wasn't that interested in that <laughs> you make what in the in the short story you make mention of the views the wonderful views yes. and i yes. remember an irish pilgrim saying to me one day dan Slow down. Look at the view. And and she said, Dan, remember to stop from time to time to look back to see how far you've come. It's important advice, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Because you you're only thinking about, you know, especially when you're 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 starting to ache and that you're very tired. You just wanna you just wanna get to the hostel, take a shower and have something to eat. But yeah, you need to, you need to, 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 to stop and look back. And I had to do a lot of that because, um, because, because of my injury, I had to stop sometimes for a period of 45 minutes or an hour. And I took the chance to sit in a place where I saw people walking past and I saw the, the, the locals and, um, tried to look for a place where I had a view if it wasn't a hill on a hill or something. So yeah, I had the chance to do it, but yeah, sometimes all you're just thinking of, let, let, let's get, let's get, to the destination and um uh, lucky for us we we started really early sometimes and so we go to the um the next town you know early afternoon middle afternoon so we had a chance to you know enjoy the the town sometimes we went to the hostel took a shower and then went back out to have dinner um and um yeah the, the views were fantastic sometimes you were walking in an open area sometimes yeah. in a deep in a deep, in the deep woods sometimes you're crossing rivers um, I, I made some, I, I, I saw some fantastic things that I didn't put in the, in the story because I, I couldn't make sense of how to write them. I saw like, uh, some people doing some sort of chanting, like a medieval chanting in the middle of the woods. And they were uh, playing like, um, like, uh, the Spanish, um, what do you call it? The, the, the Spanish, um, pipes, like, you know, oh, similar yeah. to the, to the, to the Scottish so, pipes. Yeah, that's right. The bad pipes. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was, it was, a, it was an amazing sight. People were dressed like in the, you know, medieval times. There was like twenty of them. Looked like a cult, and I was amazed looking at. It. And then I, I wrote, I wrote, but I took it out of the story. That I felt like in the middle of a Game of Thrones episode. So I was gonna be <laughs> doing a, a bit of a Game of Thrones thing in there, but I said no, it's too much. Let me let me take it out. So there's a, there's a few hundred words that I that I took out of the story. But yeah, that was that was amazing. I, I didn't know what they were doing and, or why. And, and so anyway, obviously they were together. Looked like some sort of a cult. But anyway, it was nice to look at. <laughs> and what a lovely surprise. 
I love the surprise. Yeah. In the yeah. middle of the woods. Yeah. 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 Let me read a paragraph from your story and then I can ask you a question about it. Here we go. You say, yeah. I thought about the Camino. The journey was a condensed version of life itself. There were ups and downs which affected you in different ways, friends who appear from nowhere and vanish without warning, unwanted surprises at the turn of the corner, relationships that fade away. But regardless of the good or bad times, the nasty surprises or health scares, once you reach your destination, you realise the one constant throughout the journey had been the loyalty of a true friend. As the four of you walked together, you felt like you were the characters of The Wizard of Oz. But let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Leo. Maybe you were all looking for the same thing, and that is to find what you were looking for. Yes. And did you find it? Um, I think so. Uh, like I said, I didn't. I didn't go to the Camino thinking I was going to look for something. But then sure. I realized. I realized that I was. I, I found what I was looking for: reassurance of my friendship, reassurance of my relationship with my wife, reassurance that my life has been uh, uh, by, by all by all means wonderful, and uh, I was grateful for that. There's another paragraph in the in the in your story, and you say, "As the night fell." And we walked back to the hostel. I thought about how happiness is a matter of perception. My Puerto Rican friend had lost a 22-year-old son fighting a war where he didn't belong, while my 21-year-old son was probably organising parties in our house back at home. Linda was holding my hand while we walked back. My knee wasn't hurting anymore. A matter of perception indeed. How does the Camino resonate in you now? Well, it's still, uh, it's still, uh, um, I still think about the Camino frequently. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to go back and I spoke to my wife to do, you know, a longer, a longer section. Probably not the same one, but, uh, you know, a shorter one, another section prior to see more towns and more, and, and to do it with friends. So when you do it with friends, I mean, we were only four. It was actually five of us. There was a, the sister Juan Carlos was there, but she, I don't make a mention in the in the, in the story. I, I didn't want to choose another another character. And uh, and uh, it's uh, you you discover a lot about your friends and about your relationship when you do the Camino. So um, and then if I, if we do it again, we're gonna be more aware of what we can find, what we can and what we can what we can discover, or we can just reaffirm what we already know. And um, I, I think it would be an even greater experience doing it again. Can you call up the feeling that you experienced on the Camino? You talked at the very start of the interview about your stressful job and how you go to work every day and you have to put up with all of these people putting pressure on you. Yeah. Can, can you call up, if you need to, the feeling of the Camino and the experience? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Some of the specific specific moments that we spent in a uh, you know sitting on a on a small restaurant on the top of a hill with a cold beer, looking down on a valley, or uh, having having a nice lunch at Porto Marine, or you know so many things that, and then even the, the arrival at Santiago, the emotions that we felt arriving in Santiago, so the the streets of Santiago itself, uh, yeah, some of these things some of these things come back to me and they. Uh, 
they certainly make make my make make my day and uh, and uh, make me want to go back. And I know, even though if I might not do it next year or the year after, I'm gonna go back there somewhere. And just that thought, yeah, it's 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 um it's very very reassuring. What would you say to someone thinking of walking the Camino? Ah, uh, just just do it. Don't don't, don't because I, I met a lot of people here. Every time I told I tell someone, I didn't know it was so popular here in Australia. But everyone I speak to, every time I speak to someone. They, they always say, oh, it's, on my, it's on my bucket list, on my to-do list. I say, well, just do it now. Yeah. I tell them, just do it now. I mean, uh, uh, don't waste any more time. If you, if, if you want to sit down with you, tell you about experience, recommend things to do, but do it now. You're never going to – I've never found – I've never spoken to anyone in here that has done the Camino and, you know, not enjoyed it. That's bottom line. I mean, everyone I've met says to me, yeah, I've been to the Camino two years ago. I'm planning on going back. So every single person I've ever met, and then listening to your podcast and the, the experiences of people who've, who've who've been there and done even done the the the, the full version. I mean, uh, I know that's the feeling. I haven't found anyone saying, "Ah, I just didn't enjoy it." So um, everyone that I know has has enjoyed it thoroughly. What did you love most about being a pilgrim? <sighs> um, oh, difficult to. The being a pilgrim, not about the Camino itself. Yeah. Um, don't know because I I felt this uh, I felt this uh, 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 this feeling of of uh, satisfaction of uh, of uh, of achievement, and I think I put it in a story at some point that it's a feeling of achievement, like I've achieved something, um, which now is diminished because I know that I did just the the this, the short the short lazy person's version which is mm-hmm. the, the Saria to Santiago, yeah. but it's a feeling of achievement. I mean, that, that I, I hardly ever experienced. I, I, I think I said once that it compares to the time when my, the first time I hit a home, I, I, I played baseball all my life. The first time I hit, I hit a home run, I think it was yeah. like 15 years old. The feeling of achievement was amazing. So it, it probably compared to that when, when, when my, my kids were born, you know, I felt like I've achieved something. So, which is greater than than when I graduated from university. I mean, I, I felt that I, I I felt back then that I had I had achieved something, but this is this is bigger than that. Wow, you, that that's what you loved most about being a pilgrim. What did you perhaps love not so much? What did you find difficult? Um, well, just the physical, just the my my health issues. They, this this ankle that was killing me, and I arrived even when I arrived back. I was limping for a while. It's now a lot better, uh, but uh, it's not going away. But uh, yeah, I fa- I felt because when I, when the, when when the when the when the pain came and I had to sit, I felt like disabled. I felt this is horrible. I mean, I cannot move. I cannot continue on. And my friends were always saying, "Oh, we'll stay." We just said, "No, no, just just move forward. I'll catch up with you at some point." So it was it was uh, that was the part I enjoyed the least. And. Um, I, I, I think that was it. I, I, I mean, everything else was positive. I mean, even when I, when I write about the, the, the Russian roulette of hostels, I think just one place that we stayed we didn't like much. But in the end, it's it was it was secondary. I mean, to, to it wasn't that important at all, or the heat, or you know, you know that the, the none of that was was a problem. My only problem was the was the ankle. You didn't want to be a burden to your friends and and to your wife. No, no, not at all, not at all, not at all. I just wanted them to continue. I didn't, I didn't want to 
I didn't want people to feel pity for me. Sure. But, but, but having said that, um, did you fear at any stage that you wouldn't be able to actually finish? Um, well, the first time it hit me, I said, well, it's not good. Let's see what happens. But then I, I realized, well, if I wait long enough, I swallowed pills that you have no idea. But I don't know if the pills had an effect, but just the fact that, that I, I rested for a while and then yeah. it became, it, it, it was okay. Um, uh, so I realized, well, that happens and I walk away. And then one of my, one of the longest, uh, one of the stages was like 32 Ks and that day it didn't hurt at all. I managed to do the 32 Ks with no pain. So which was like a win. So, um, but yes, I thought the first time it hit me, I said, well, if this is, if this doesn't get better, I'm not going to be able to walk. I was really scared about that. But anyway, pull through. Fantastic. If I was able to pick you up and place you on one spot back on your Camino, where would it be? <laughs> um, I think it would be uh, in, uh, you mean in a physical spot? Yeah. Where, where, where? Um, I think Porto Marin um, mm. was a first, a first stage. We got to that beautiful town on the top of a hill. Yeah. It was a beautiful day, great views. Yeah. We went to the hotel, which is a, 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 a I, I, I described the, the place with very, with a lot of detail, yeah. which was the Padrino based on the, on the Padrino, the Godfather movies. Yeah. With a Marlon Brando statue and everything, so it yeah, was yeah. A, it was a, it was a, it was weird, but it was really really well maintained. It treated us very well. So we 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 took a shower, went out, and then had a a nice you know pilgrim dinner, one of those uh, cafes you know overlooking the valley, and it was beautiful. I felt it was my first the first the first leg. We made it even with with my ankle. Everyone was happy. Everyone was laughing. We were all the pilgrims next to us eating. It was a really enjoyable night. And I said, at that point, I said, this is, this is fantastic. Yeah, Puerto Marin is just a beautiful place. Ah, it's yes. so great. Beautiful so, place. So great. Yeah. What's one word that sums up the Camino for you? Um, <laughs> fulfillment. Okay, that, that's a good achievement, word. Yeah. Achievement, yeah. Fulfillment's yeah. a good word because... Uh, that means, in a sense, that you felt you needed something and you found it, you achieved it. Yeah. What do you hope to do with your short story? Um, yeah, I, to be honest, I, I wrote it as soon as I got, got back. That was uh, a, a October last year. And then I took it to my, my workshop, uh, my group of writers, and then – we workshopped the hell out of it, and there was a lot, well, a lot of recommendations. And uh, you know, the first paragraph, the first paragraph you read just now, uh, the one about I thought about the Camino, the ups and downs, and all that. Yes, yes. My my English tutor, my my writer, asked me to delete it <laughs> from the story because she said you don't need to reflect the the writer, the reader should be able to to do that. But then I was I was having an argument with her about leaving it on or, or taking it out, and then it took me until January to decide. No, I'm going to keep it, and um, I sent the story to the New Yorker, uh, you know, New Yorker magazine sure, sure. Uh, for publication. Uh, whether they're going to publish it or not, I don't know. They're probably going to come back to me. Uh, uh, they said to me in three months, in 90 days, we'll let you know whether it's going to be up for publication or not. So I'm waiting for them. 
And uh, if I don't succeed with the New Yorker, I want to send it to another magazine called the Paris Review. It's also in New York. Um, they publish these to- sort of stories. And um, yeah, that's that's what I'm planning on doing. And uh, I um, I'm putting together a, a, com- a, a compilation of uh, short stories. And uh, I might I might I might publish it someday. Not not sure when or how. But at the moment, I'm just sending it to individual uh, publications and um, probably I'll send it to a, a company. I'm going to wait until I hear back from the New Yorker. And if it doesn't go through, I'll just send it to the Paris Review. And if it doesn't, it's not published, I'll, I'll put it up for, for writing competitions. Well, perhaps there's a place in the market for a book of short stories about the Camino. Perhaps there is. Maybe, yeah. I, should, maybe I should put it together. Oh, yeah, maybe you can collect stories about the Camino and uh, we can put it together. Yeah, you can count on my story for that. It's it's food for thought. You know. Yes, it is. Yeah, because I wanted to say thank you for taking the time to write to me, Leo, and yeah. thank, thank you for writing your story. Your thoughts on a page I'm sure will ring true with many pilgrims around the world when we finally find it a home. Yes, um, so far it's been very successful amongst my, my group of writers and uh, on friends, and I, I consider my most, my most success, successful short story so far amongst you know my, my, my writing group. Uh, they were really interested. They really kept going on about it, and even after we presented, I presented that in my in my in my workshop. They kept emailing me with suggestions and comments and asking me questions. It was it was uh, it was really fulfilling as well to to see that they they took to the story, and um, uh, so yeah, I, I hope that I'm gonna I'm gonna publish it at some point. Yeah, the Camino provides, eh? <laughs> it does. It does. Hey, Leo, keep writing. Keep walking, keep sharing and caring, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me and my listeners today. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been a great chat. I've really enjoyed it. I just looked at the clock and realized, hang on, we've been talking for 42 minutes. I only thought we'd only just started. It was a pleasure, Dan, and to be honest, your your broadcast voice is very different to your singing voice. (laughs) I don't know if someone's told you that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I'm making it all up as I go along. How about that? <laughs> buen Camino, Leo. Okay. okay, Buen Camino, Dan. My guest this week, Leo Jan, the Australian pilgrim, originally from Venezuela. My quote this week is attributed to Craig Crippen, and I couldn't find much about him, to be honest, but I like what he's saying and where he's coming from. You are being presented with a choice, evolve or remain. If you choose to remain unchanged... You'll be presented with the same challenges, the same routine, the same storms, the same situations, until you learn from them, until you love yourself enough to say no more, until you choose change. If you choose to evolve, you'll connect with the strength within you. You'll explore what lies outside the comfort zone. You'll awaken to love. You will become. You will be. You will have everything you need. Choose to evolve choose love walk on pilgrims oh and don't forget i'll be in the u.s in march to do some shows san diego san jose seattle chicago if you're interested in attending any of those shows shoot me an email danmullinsmusic at gmail.com and i'll send you the details danmullinsmusic at gmail.com before we finish another song from my album duende 
I walked into Puente La Reina in 2017. I met a young Spanish pilgrim who told me she was a witch. She had me completely and utterly transfixed as she told me the story of the little bird who tends to the picture of the Virgin Mary in the town. And I fell under the spell of a flame-haired Spanish witch. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. down in a talking cross paths with a wine glass wearing silk Tinto deeper on her in the morning need a drink Narrow Dutch cigars blue smoke in the mist Harboring smoke ring like a sling Red hair and brown eyes Bob why makes me sing Got a bite, I just got to it. Oh, 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 tell me it ain't so. I'm under the spell of a flame head Spanish witch. Send a telegraph, smoke signals in the sky, touch a snow, a chance or two to smile. Judge-only trial Shadows in the vineyard Pears on the path Crunching of the road beneath my feet Red hair and brown eyes And copper nails make me sing Oh, oh, oh Tell me it ain't so Got a sting I just got to Hard against my heart Broken man being led astray That was just the start Blessings in a vineyard Tears on the path Crunching of the road beneath my feet Red hair and brown eyes and bob why makes me sing oh, 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 tell me it ain't so Gotta burn, I just got to itch Oh, 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 tell me it ain't so I'm under the spell of a flame-head Spanish witch Oh Sting, I just got to itch. Oh, 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 tell me it ain't so. I'm under the spell of a flame head Spanish witch.
Well, yellow moon dips, my halo slips. I just got to itch under the spell of a flame head Spanish witch.